there's just the crushing betrayal and rejection. Then there's, you know, one thing leads to another. One, one bad thought leads to another. Where's all this going? So she's responding to pain. If you keep responding to pain through your feelings and your emotions, you're becoming someone. Being betrayed by someone you love brings indescribable pain. When David was betrayed, he cried out, My heart shudders within me. Fear and trembling grip me. Horror has overwhelmed me. The betrayed wife knows these emotions very well, and finding a safe way through them can be incredibly difficult. Kathy Gallagher has been there herself, and she has used that experience to minister to thousands of wives, so that rather than being destroyed by pain, they are only drawn closer to the Savior and lover of their souls. In today's episode, Kathy helps us to understand how to deal with painful emotions biblically and how to allow God to have his rightful place in our hearts. I'm your host, Nate Dancer, and this is Purity for Life. From the earliest days of her marriage, Pure Life Ministries co-founder Kathy Gallagher suffered tremendously. As anger, fear, insecurity, and other emotions overwhelmed her, she didn't know how to handle them. But the Holy Spirit was faithful to teach her, through failure and heartbreak, how to draw near to God in all circumstances and find in Him everything that she needed. And since those days, she's ministered to a multitude of hurting wives, giving them biblical wisdom and strong encouragement so that they might also find Jesus to be their all in all. In her recent YouTube series, Sacred Things, Hope for Struggling Marriages, Kathy sat down with me to answer the question that every hurting wife is asking, how do I deal with all these emotions? I, you know, probably one of the biggest challenges, I would guess, in the crisis moment of finding out a husband is in sexual sin is the emotions. And um, what are some of the challenges that a wife is going to experience when she is dealing with her emotions and this crisis? Well, in the moment, all you have is how you're feeling. You know, you just slammed right now with a reality you didn't know was yours. Um, <clears throat> again, I always I think about what it was like for me. And there are so many feelings that you experience, and they, at least for me, and a lot of women I've counseled through the years, they happen all at once. Mm. They don't come one at a time. Some women get one emotion, and that's anger, murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, most of us get just a rush of all kinds of things. Anger, mm. fear, um, just, yeah, I think fear 
fear for me was enormous. Mm. Um, rejection, mm. betrayal, um, insecurity, um, confidence just bottoms out. There's what's wrong with me Yeah, kind of a feeling. I mean, there's so much that happens, especially in the context of a wife who's been hurt by her husband's sexual sin. You know, the emotions rush in and take over. They just do it. I could compare it to a guy who has the same experience with lust. Lust just rushes in yeah. and apprehends his brain. Yeah. And so he starts acting based on those yeah. feelings, emotions, thoughts. Same is true for a woman. Um, however, those feelings come. She finds out her husband's been involved in pornography. Um, so you get this rush of feelings and emotions and for a woman, the reaction to all that is to, what you want to do is stop the pain, stop the bleed, stop the emergency, and... Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Um, and you don't, most women don't usually sit and think through anything. You don't... That's the point, right? They're just being carried. Yeah. By very much being carried by their emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because there's just so much to process, you know, uh, most women have children. I never had to worry about children. We never had children, but most women have children and they have to worry about that. They have to worry about finance because the, the emergency is, um, there's such a fracture now in the marriage hmm. and you don't know what this means. What, the, what is this going to turn into? Not only does she feel rejected, totally rejected because her husband's very interested, obviously, in other women or men. Um, so there's that to deal with. There's just the crushing betrayal and rejection. Then there's, you know, one thing leads to another. One, one bad thought leads to another. Where's all this going? Yeah. So she's responding to pain. And then in the, the, the unfolding days, they kind of, it's like you're being dogpiled. It's mm. just one on top of the other, on top of the other. What's the danger? If you keep responding to pain through your feelings and your emotions, you're becoming someone. Mm. Um, I'm that I am speaking now from experience because I totally responded in the flesh. I was full of fear, full of anxiety, full of self. I was very self-focused. So I would make stupid decisions. You know, I would just, there's so many responses to it. The right response, which hardly anybody does at first, is to wait hmm. and to pray and get the mind of God and find out from him what I should do. I mean, that doesn't mean that you don't have feelings and emotions. You definitely do. You cry buckets mm. and you feel the grief. You feel the loss. It feels like your life is coming apart at the seams. Mm -hmm. You can't live by what you feel. And that just runs through all of life. People that live by their feelings usually have a very difficult life. Mm. That it, things don't turn out right when you live like that. You yeah, know. just
it's com- what you're saying goes completely against the the common mantra of our day follow your heart yeah absolutely it goes completely against it but to make decisions based on that pain will take her somewhere every decision we make choices <laughs> how many times have you heard that every choice has a consequence and it's true for a man and for a woman everything you do has a consequence attached to it. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And if you're a Christian, of course, I'm speaking to Christian people. I'm not speaking necessarily to people who don't know Christ. I'm speaking to believers. And there are principles at work in your life as a believer. And I made a lot of stupid mistakes because I felt something. Um, Not every woman will obey those feelings, and hopefully she won't. But some who do end up in a worse mess than the one they're trying to escape. Mm. All I'm trying to say is get into a right balance with what your feelings are dictating to you. Find a place or a person or a situation where someone can walk you through biblically how to get through this instead of just flying off and doing crazy stuff when i was going through all my stuff with steve and i don't even know how this happened i really don't remember how i knew to get into the bible Mm -hmm. because i backslid i was away from the lord and but at some point i knew to get into the word he started to really make the Word of God real to me again. When I got saved, it was such a living Word. It was so alive to me, and I lost that through all of my bad decisions. Mm. Um, But He was restoring that to me, and it became, again, a living Word to me. And He was changing my mind, literally. He just, through His Word, was changing the way I thought, yeah. he was changing my reactions to things, but it took time. Yeah, and It's not like a once and done thing. It's a lifetime of spending time being washed by the water of the word. And that's what women need. And that is that and just your, your life, your prayer life, your life with Jesus, spending time with him is what just gives you what you don't have, what you cannot produce. That's, that is the answer to out-of-control feelings, out-of-control emotions, out-of-control anger, out-of-control lust, out-of-control fantasy, all of it. He is God, and He can do these things in us. He can change us. Hmm. Just requires a lot of patience, patience. and time which most especially younger people have a very hard time with. We want it now. We are a microwave society. So it sounds like you're saying wait in the sense of don't follow your feelings. Don't do what they're telling you to do, most of which I would imagine seems very logical and plausible. Mm -hmm. And wait in the sense of coming to God without all of the, you've got to tell me what to do right now, and you've got to change this right now, but just as best as they know how to 
humble their hearts mm -hmm. in the presence of God. And get their priorities right. You know, in, when you're in this, the priority is the marriage, mm -hmm. but that's not the right priority. And I had to learn that the hard way. Jesus Christ was my priority, and I had to put him in his proper place. In difficult times, we often make the mistake of depending on a spouse or a spiritual leader or friends to give us what we need to get through. Other times we trust in our own strength or we distract ourselves with earthly pleasures. We're just hoping to find relief. But what a mistake all of that is. Because God has promised to care for us if we would only put him in the place of honor in our lives. Putting Jesus in his proper place is what will help us battle through emotions that we cannot control. In this segment, Brad Fergus discusses this very subject with Mike Johnston. I hope it will give you some additional insight into what Kathy meant when she said, Jesus Christ was my priority and I had to put him in his proper place. Brad Burgess has joined me in the studio. Brad is the Director of Men's Counseling here at Pure Life Ministries. Brad, it's great to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Hey, Mike. It's good to see you, too. Brad, we want to continue our discussions in some of your favorite commentaries. Today you have picked one from Oswald Chambers, mm -hmm. and he uses the verse from John 2, 24 and 25. It says, Jesus did not commit himself to them, for he knew what was in man. And he talks about three aspects that he gleaned from this verse. Let's start with the first one, put trust in God first. Share a little bit about that with us. Just basically expresses here how Jesus didn't put his trust in any man, any person, not in the disciples, not in the religious leaders around him, but he put his trust in God and his Father. And it's just such an example for us to not put our trust in any person, any ministry, any institution, or whatever, but to really put our trust in God first, let that be first and foremost, let that guide us. Mm -hmm. That God, I'm trusting in you and not in anything or anyone else. Mm. He talks here a little bit too about what happens if we fail to do that, fail to put our trust in God and put our trust in other people instead. And of course, we've all experienced that. Uh, right. He describes that though. Yeah, he said what can easily happen is you can end up in despair and hopelessness toward everyone because everyone has let you down and you can become bitter because people are not the perfect entities that you have wanted them to be. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. I know in my own life, I've found myself very often setting a standard for people that was not only something they couldn't achieve, but the truth of the matter is it wasn't something that I even achieved, and yet I would set that standard for other people, and they'd always disappoint me, of course. Right. And then I'd, you know, in our contorted way of thinking, it's like, oh, they've let me down. Yeah. How dare they do that? <laughs> it's just sick that we do that. <laughs> but God does help us to put our faith in and trust in him. But that is something you have to learn. I mean, yeah. And I like how he says here, never trust in anything in yourself. Because mm -hmm. maybe you're not trusting in another person, but you are trusting in yourself and your job or an assignment God has given you. You're not really trusting in him. And he said, don't trust in anything in yourself or anyone else except the grace of God. And I'm learning that myself, yeah. you know, just in different things I've encountered. Like, man, Lord, I really just don't have it. Yeah. And it usually comes for me. I trust in myself first mm -hmm. <laughs> in some instances, and then when it doesn't go right or you just can sense something's not right with this, the Lord is faithful to help me to see that I really need to trust in him yeah. and that his grace is available to help me. 
Yeah. I think the older we get, maybe the easier it is to trust in the grace of God because we just have a much longer list of failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and after a while, it's like, okay, I'm starting to get it. <laughs> yeah. It starts to become your, if I could say it this way, your default. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to trust in the Lord to help me. Yeah. Well, he brings out a second point also, put God's will first. Yeah. And he basically used Hebrews 10.9. It says, Behold, I come to do your will, O God. And Jesus was expressing, I'm just here for you. I'm not here for my own agenda. Mm-hmm. And uh, many times we can be involved in ministry and we're really not putting God's will first. And it can happen in our day-to-day life. We're busy. We, I need to do this. I need to do that. But you're not connected to the vine. You're not seeking the Lord. And really, saying, Lord, what is it that you want to accomplish today yeah. in my life or in this ministry you can easily be doing your own will instead of God's will. Yeah. And I think really, you know, that's got to be rooted in the difficulty in sometimes remembering why we were created and why we're here. Well, same reason that Jesus came, you know, to do the Father's will. But in Western culture in particular, man, everything is about getting what we want when we want it and how we want it. But that's not what we were created for, to get what we want. Not at all. And when, when you read the Scriptures, you see all through it, that we should be seeking to please the Lord Mm -hmm. and do everything pleasing to him, not, okay, what is my will, what's pleasing to me, and I hope God is pleased with (laughs) what I'm pursuing. But all throughout, you see, we were created to glorify him and to to please him. And and I think it takes failing, Mm -hmm. um, going forward with our own agendas and doing what we want to do. And, you know, not as long as you're not doing something sinful or immoral, per Mm -hmm. se, but you know, attempting to pursue something and then it just doesn't go well or you have this conviction of, I think I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is there nodding and yeah. you learn from it like, Lord, okay, this next venture, i got to put you first mm-hmm. and really trust you to lead me. And I see with us here in the ministry and over the years that I've been here, there's just an increasing reliance on the Lord. Our next step, yeah. we need directives from you and how important that is yeah. for us. I love how gracious the Lord is with us. You know, he knows our weaknesses, and and that really comes out to me in the verse that many are the plans of a man's heart, but But. God directs our footsteps. So he knows, you know, we've got that little self-will thing going, (laughs) sometimes the big self-will thing going, but he's gracious, and he knows, and he's willing to correct, and when we get off the path, he's willing to draw us back onto the narrow path, and he's so faithful to do that. He is, and and you see a picture of it when you look at how he dealt with the disciples. Yes. You know, they were constantly, hey, making suggestions to him, like, no, I think we should (laughs) do this. Should we rain down fire from heaven? Like, no, don't do that. You know, you really see how patient the Lord is with his children. Yeah, he really is. And he brings out a third point here, and it almost seemed to me like the third point is the way to accomplish the first two, and uh, that is put God's Son first. Yeah, just really reflecting on Jesus and what he did for us. And he basically threw this scripture in here, Matthew 18, 5, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And it's more talking about us the fact that Jesus came as a little helpless baby, and Oswald is basically saying, and God expects us in our own personal life to have our own little Bethlehem, where mm. we become helpless, where we are wanting only to please Jesus. Mm. That's a neat way our, to put Our it. mission is like, Jesus, I'm a helpless little baby, mm-hmm. but I'm here to serve you and to do your bidding. Yeah. He wrote here, God's ultimate purpose is that his son might be exhibited in me. Man, there's some days where I just think, Lord, is that even possible? Yeah, I think uh, I'm sure as we've been yielding ourselves to the Lord, 
God does express his life through us. Many yeah. times, of course, we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And I just have to believe as we're surrendering to him that Jesus is having his way and he's taking us over more and more. And as time passes, he is expressing himself mm-hmm. more freely through our lives and more often than we realize. Yes. I'll say that's true about you, Brad. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I see it. You know, I, we look at the staff around us and, you know, we all struggle and we all see our hearts. But, but as I look around at those that I work with, you know, I do see God doing that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm always reminded that one day, one day. We're going to see him as he is, and we will be like him. Hallelujah. Yeah, blessed day to look forward to. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, Brad, thanks so much for sharing this Oswald Chambers uh, devotion with us and talking to us about putting God first. Yes, glad to be here, Mike. I want to play one more interview with Kathy for you because often we don't understand why God allows painful circumstances in our lives. And I want you to hear what the Lord has taught her as to the purpose of these trials in the life of a believer, especially those in a difficult marriage. I hope it will be an encouragement and a comfort to you, whatever you may be facing. Kathy Gallagher has joined me in the studio now for our segment, Letters to Hurting Wives. Kathy, thanks for stopping by. Thanks. It's good to be here. We want to deal with a letter today from Melody. We'll call her Melody. I have no idea what her real name is. Maybe (laughs) it is Melody. Melody um, had to apologize in the front end of her letter for what she felt was dumping on you. And I I know you get a lot of these letters and emails where women are just basically doing that. They're just kind of pouring out their heart to you. And uh, Melody, we can certainly understand why she would be doing that. She was in a marriage for 15 years, what she called a marriage of grief. Her husband is unwilling to change, and she's wondering, what is the point of all of this? How do you respond to a woman in that kind of situation? Well, with Melody, she vacillated, like so many women do, between staying and going, staying and going. And it's always a huge thing for a woman to make the decision to finally leave. And in Mm. Melody's situation, though, I think as we communicated with one another, we came to the conclusion conclusion that there was a higher purpose than just holding a marriage together. And that purpose was that God was really doing something deep inside her. And she recognized that even in the midst of the excruciating pain of living with a man who was unrepentant. And she was having these times, which I remember so well, when the pain was unbearable. And yet the presence of God was so real in those times because God comes to those who are broken, mm. afflicted, and very needy. Is there a larger purpose in God allowing this to happen? Absolutely. There's just something that comes through suffering that you can't get in any other situation in life. I know that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And if he did, then I know that we can. But we just find God in a way that we can't any other way except through suffering and going through the the hills and the valleys. And I know in my own life, I learned so much about the character of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God in the things I suffered. It wasn't in the wonderful mountaintop experiences I had with him. It was down in the valley where things were so painful. I found out who God really was and what he was like. Well, Kathy, what would you say to women who are in this position? Uh, Is there something perhaps from the Word of God that you think could be an encouragement to them? Yeah, I believe that um, when we go through things, it's not just for us, it's for many. And um, if we're in a right place with God, he will use the things that we've gone through to bless other people. And Mm -hmm. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, he comforts us in all our affliction 
so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by God with. And that is really ultimately what our suffering is for. It's someone else is going to come along that needs what you have. So bear it well. I know one of the examples that you bring up occasionally, which is very powerful about going through pain and how God uses it, is the true story, of course, of Corey and Betsy Tin Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they were in the concentration camp, and um, it was Corey who said, there is no pit so deep that he is not deeper still. And mm-hmm. those women understood suffering, and they were able then, well, Betsy never made it out, but Corey didn't. Corey spent the rest of her life, she was an old woman, God bless her, and she went around to different nations of the world and shared what God had done for her and her suffering and for her sister. It was a powerful testimony, and I just want to encourage women to let your suffering produce the fragrance of Jesus in your life, because it can. It really can. I know that a lot of women feel that the bitterness they're in, the anger they're in, no good could possibly come out of it. But if you let the Lord melt you down and let the fragrance of Jesus come out of your life, it's a tremendous thing when you can do that. Now, Kathy, I know that this question is going to come up. Where does a woman draw the line when she's in an abusive relationship? Right. And that that's a big question. Uh, you know, every situation is different. I can't throw out a blanket answer, but I know this, that when it becomes physical abuse, when a woman feels emotionally like she's at the end of her rope, that she needs to get some some support. She needs to get some help from her pastor, maybe call Pure Life, let somebody help navigate her through there just comes a time when enough is enough, and, and I believe that God can speak to a woman's spirit and let her know when that's enough. The line has been drawn, and she can walk away. Well, Kathy, thanks so much for sharing your letter with Melody with us and uh, talking to us about how God can use pain for really a tremendous purpose, which is furthering His will and His cause uh, to help other people. Thanks so much. Amen. It was good to be here. It's been alluded to throughout today's episode, so I want to stress some things as we close that come up oftentimes when we're counseling. Immersing yourself in the Word of God, spending time with the Lord in prayer, and seeking godly counsel are critical for you as you navigate trials in your marriage. These three things will help you to live by faith instead of being led around by your emotions. They'll give you a foundation that cannot be shaken and a testimony of God's faithfulness in your life. Now, if you haven't already seen Kathy Gallagher's YouTube series, Sacred Things, Hope for Struggling Marriages, please check it out today. And as always, our counseling and our resources are available for you at purelifeministries.org. Thanks so much for joining us today on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.